1: This is WSBT's Community Update on 96.1 WSBT. Good morning, I'm John Hoffman. As local hospitals fill up, health systems are now taking steps they took at the beginning of the pandemic, but for different reasons. Beacon Health Systems and Goshen Health both suspended non-emergency surgeries this past week. They say they don't have the space or the staff.
2: The increasing number of coronavirus hospitalizations is now forcing hospitals to once again put off non-emergency surgeries. Things like hip replacements, cancer procedures, and even heart surgeries all put on hold. We don't have the bed space and the capacity to take care of those patients after their surgery. Dr. Dale Patterson is chief medical officer at Beacon Health. He says because they're out of ICU beds and short on staff, surgeries just can't happen. Too many are sick and dying right now, he says, to put their attention anywhere else. If we have somebody in the emergency room who needs to be intubated you know, because they have COVID and they're going to die right now uh, and we don't know what's going to happen with someone who needs a surgery, we have to err on the side of taking care of the patient that we know is worse off right now. At Goshen Hospital, they're dealing with the same situation.
3: It's it's bad. I think it's as bad as it's ever been, and um, unfortunately, it's likely to get worse.
2: The hospital saw its highest amount of coronavirus patients ever today. The ICU beds are also full. Elkhart County's positivity rate is at 18%. Neighboring LaGrange County has the highest in the state at 30%. Both those numbers lead Dr. Dan Nafsinger to expect the situation to only get worse.
3: How long would you like to delay your cancer surgery if you knew you had cancer and needed surgery? Would you be happy if that was a day, a week, a month, three months? I mean, it's it's really... um, It's really a terrible situation. Back at Beacon,
2: Dr. Patterson, who served in the Air Force and trained for these type of situations, says he never imagined it would become reality. The American healthcare system, I don't think ever expected uh, to be in the situation that we're in right now, where we're deferring and rationing surgeries Um, in order to be able to take care of the acutely ill with COVID. Beacon confirmed to us today that they are now in possession of a refrigerated truck that will be used to store dead bodies. Both hospital systems tell us at this point, they don't know how much more they can take.
1: WSBT 22's Max Lewis reporting. A new ordinance giving St. Joseph County Health Department inspectors the authority to fine businesses who don't comply with the mask mandate has yet to take effect. But starting this coming week, businesses could start being fined if employees are not wearing masks. The new ordinance was approved last week.
3: Because there are fines involved, it has to be publicly advertised for two weeks before it can go into effect. In the meantime, the health department is still checking up on businesses, making sure they're following orders to keep everyone safe. Phoenix Bar and Grill in Mishawaka is normally preparing for one of the busiest times of the year, the night before Thanksgiving. But this year, employees are expecting nothing more than a typical Wednesday night. So it's just one of those things I people, rather than hassle of making sure it's all done the right way and they'll just stay home this year I don't don't see it being real busy but but not everyone will stay clear of bars that's why it's important establishments are following all orders from the health department including the mask mandate
4: yeah you know our operation really has kind of continued so we're continuing to receive complaints through our online mechanism and and then following up on those and have done some restaurant and bar inspections, even, you know, over last weekend.
3: These complaints don't cost businesses anything yet, but they could soon start being fined by at least early December. It's all part of St. Joseph County's new ordinance, allowing the health department to fine businesses if employees are violating the mask order.
4: The approach will still be the same. You know, we will respond to complaints that we receive We'll investigate the substance of that to verify you know that it's legitimate and accurate.
3: They'll work with the owners to find solutions, and if there's still disregard, that's when the business will be fined anywhere from 50 to 250 dollars. Dr. Mark Fox says he had hoped for this ordinance to be in place before the holidays, specifically back in July. But until it's in place, the department is visiting local businesses to make sure they're taking precautions. Um,
5: we're abiding by the rules, if they would abide by the rules, and we should be good to go. So, but if, if you're, I'm just one of those people. If you're any bit kind of cautious about it to stay
3: home. Again, the health department can, can't start finding businesses until at least next week. If you notice a business not complying with the mask order, you can submit a complaint on the county's website.
1: WSBT 22's Lauren Becker reporting. Local health officials are struggling to cope with more and more cases of coronavirus, and hospitals have become crowded to the point many are canceling non-emergency surgeries and reassigning staff from other departments to help care for COVID patients. St. Joseph County Deputy Health Officer Dr. Mark Fox outlined the problem on WSBT-22's First in the Morning.
4: You know, it's tricky. The health officer clearly has authority over schools and churches, and no clear authority over any other commercial establishment unless there's a you know a clear public health threat like sewage on the floor or something like that. And so we were really trying to get the elected officials to join with us to release something. It, picking off one sector at a time doesn't get us as far down the field as we need to be to control this. And there's some lack of clarity about you know, what the appropriate legal mechanism is despite what the governor says there's also not a unified willingness to impose restrictions among our elected officials.
5: And so far, those guidance, the feedback that you're getting on those, is is it, do you expect it to make a difference?
4: You know, the schools have been very responsive and that's been really gratifying. They recognize the really precarious situation that we're in. Um, But again, the schools are one piece of the puzzle. Churches are a piece of the puzzle, businesses, restaurants, whatever. All of those have to work in in concert to have the impact that we need, I'm not sure that we have people on board a- across all those areas.
5: What is the situation right now in St.
4: Joseph County? So, you know, the hospitalizations are the highest they've ever been. So, more than 150 people in the hospital at the end of the week. Um, our our cases are the highest. You know, our active number of cases over 4,000. So. You know, 25% of all the cases diagnosed over the course of the pandemic, so dating back to March, have been in the last two weeks.
5: When do we expect to see if these new guidelines work? When can we expect those numbers to start coming down?
4: So uh, there's at least a two-week lag before we see the impact of any policy change, whether it's opening up more or restricting more. Um, So really, it'll be a couple weeks before we see any impact. But the flip side of that is the problem. The cases diagnosed today are the people who will wind up in the hospital two weeks from now and frankly, who will die three weeks from now. So, you know, the amount of new cases that we're accumulating day by day have future implications and our hospitals aren't prepared to staff them. People won't be able to get the care that they need in St. Joseph County.
5: Let's talk about our hospitals. They're stretched thin. Has there been any decision made on how to provide some relief to our hospitals and our healthcare workers?
4: So there have been efforts to recruit back some retired uh, healthcare providers, doctors and nurses and others across the state. The National Guard has been deployed in different ways. So we're looking to see what uh, additional resources might be available. Area hospitals are relying on traveling nurses to help staff, Um, but all those things pose challenges because they're working in an environment that's less familiar. So it becomes, you know, really challenging to have part of the healthcare workforce out of commission because they're in isolation or quarantine and needing to staff up more beds. There just aren't enough personnel to do it.
5: And this doesn't just affect people who have coronavirus or who have to go to the hospital with coronavirus. I mean, this is something that affects the healthcare of our community. Kind of talk more about that.
4: Right, so, you know, people have babies every day. Mother-baby units generally are, are fine. They're less threatened than the ICU beds for people that have strokes or heart attacks or who need cancer surgery and things like that. So it's all the other kind of normal healthcare happenings, um, surgery for gallbladder disease or heart disease or whatever, those things get threatened, especially the emergency things like heart attacks and strokes.
5: Let's talk about testing. People wanna get tested, they wanna get the results and then if the result is negative, get right back to their life, right back to work. What is the proper way to go about that?
4: So there's no way to test out of quarantine. If you've had an exposure, you know you need to be out of circulation for 14 days. Um, now, if you've had an exposure and you have symptoms, it may be worth it to get tested just to know, uh, because it has implications for other people who are around you. If you don't have symptoms, you know, it may be reasonable to get tested at about day five or six following an exposure. But again, a negative test doesn't free you to to get back into circulation. You really need to be out for two weeks.
5: Are self-administered tests reliable?
4: Well, it depends how aggressive you are. So we have had some reports of, of people doing self-swabbing that really don't get a good enough sample and have a false negative test. So that's a problem. They need to be done under supervision and for an appropriate duration of time and an appropriately aggressive, actually.
5: So what is the most accurate test and when should you get it?
4: So the the PCR test it's the, looks for nucleic acid from the virus is the most reliable test. Usually it's a nasal swab or nasopharyngeal swab. If you have symptoms, It's most reliable in the first one to three days of symptoms. Um, But even for people who are asymptomatic, that is still the most reliable test. A lot of the rapid tests are only approved for people who have symptoms, and usually within five days of symptom onset.
5: I'm running out of time, but I wanted to ask you real quick. One thing I've heard quite a bit of on social media and from people in the community is that the second wave proves that masks don't work. That people who are taking precautions are still getting sick. What do you say to that?
4: All of the evidence suggests that masks work. In, in states that have the highest penetration of mask use, they have the lowest rates of COVID infection. So I think there's clear evidence from the United States and around the world that masks work. But masks by themselves are not adequate to provide protection, and they have to be used universally. So it's masks plus distancing, plus staying home if you're sick. All these things, they're layers. So I don't know if you've seen the Swiss cheese model, but if you take one piece of Swiss cheese, there are a lot of holes in it. If you begin to stack up three and four pieces of Swiss cheese and those holes cover each other up, that that's a great image for the different layers of protection that we need. It's masks plus physical distancing and everything else. So masks do work. Um, the challenge is, there are people who wear the mask when they go to the grocery store but not when they go to their neighbor's house for dinner or not when they go to their niece's birthday party um, and so people really need to wear a mask anytime they're with people that they don't share a house with
1: dr mark fox on WSBT 22 last monday if you're one of the thousands in st joseph county who've been laid off since the start of the pandemic here's an option you may not have considered South Bend School's adult education program
6: thinks your best route back to the workforce could be through education. Maybe you're interested in a career in welding, or perhaps finishing high school is your goal. Or maybe you just want to improve your English. Whatever it is, this program has it, and it's free. With St. Joseph County's unemployment number still at almost 4,000 claims per week, improving your skill set could be your ticket back into the workforce.
3: Right now, I have an 18-year-old in my class and I have a 72-year-old in my class.
6: Rachel McDonough says her students' ages and education backgrounds vary, but the central goal of attending South Bend School's adult education program remains the same.
3: They want to better their life, they want to better their life for their children.
5: We need to know the plan.
6: In any other year, the free program would be teaching 350 to 400 students right now, and 600 to 700 students total by the end of the year. But with the pandemic, numbers are down
5: our adult students especially right now are having to put earning before learning
6: amanda russell is the program manager she says the adult program currently has students from 43 countries doing things like english language learning classes high school equivalency classes and trainings for national certifications but russell says the program is about more than just helping people in the workforce
5: we want to actually get them into the workforce and then we check up on them and and see how they're doing
6: If you're unemployed or simply looking for a career change, here's Russell's pitch.
5: I would suggest that people take advantage of the free trainings that we have that are completely virtual. We provide Chromebooks for them.
6: Some of the most popular free trainings include logistics, QuickBooks, and the most popular, welding. As you approach the end of a training, a career coach works with you on resume writing and interview skills. Russell says a recent student took the QuickBooks training and then told a career coach about a separate interest. Realty.
5: She connected him to somebody that she knew who owned a real estate agency and got him trained to be a realtor and he just sold his first house.
6: Depending on the training, there are in-person and virtual options available and students can switch. Trainings can range from 4 hours per week for a month to 10 hours per week over 10 weeks. If you want to work on your English, there's a family literacy program at one of their sites and the program has made it easier for parents with young children.
3: The children go into the preschool. The parents go into the classroom and work on their goals, so whether it's HSC, working on English, or
4: training. At that point, you have renamed the value of
6: the They say a lot of people think it's just middle-aged adults doing this program. McDonough says in her English language learner's class, for instance, right now she's a medical doctor, a dentist, an interior designer, all looking to change careers. WSBT 22's Tolly Taylor reporting. The views
1: expressed on WSBT's community update are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the views of the host, WSBT Radio, its staff, or management. Join us again next week on community updates on the sports leader, 96.1, WSBT.